Welcome back to Pretty Good Vibrations. This is part two of my walkthrough with Kristen Tideman of Justin Vernon, a.k.a. Boney Vare's illustrious career, many-faceted career. So much interesting stuff to talk about and listen to. If you haven't heard part one, you probably should start last week at part one. And if you enjoyed part one, please share it with some friends that also love Boney Vare or other work that Justin has been involved in. Okay, into my chat with Kristen. Okay, so before we even get to 2011, we're still in 2010. And another collaboration, he produces the first S. Carey album, Ah, who's his drummer, Sean Carey. And here is the track In the Dirt from All We Grow. song i love s carrie that's nice multiple records of his have you heard much of his music a little bit he's he's a little soft for me to be honest okay he's in so much of the bony bear music videos and background like he's so right. present mm-hmm. here's my fun fact you know how he joined the band let's hear it he heard for emma uh-huh. he went up to justin when it was still pretty small he was like hey dude basically asked to join the band he was like i can like sing harmonies in the background and he was like oh, a kid he was like 20 and I justin was like older at that you know like yeah 26 27 mm-hmm. he, I was yeah like, it would have been yeah so amazing that's a great story the more i learned about this guy i'm just like yeah he lives in the town he was raised in yeah unsexy part of wisconsin he's not gonna shave those last few wisps of hair. He's like, I'm just as the good Lord made me, sir, to quote uh, Spinal Tap. Oh my gosh. You know, he's just going to be himself and and like double down and invite people into that local experience. I'm just kind of in awe of him. Me, Anything before yeah. we get to 2011's self-titled Bon Iver record? No, let's do it. The big boy. So... It is the big boy, and it's also really where the seeds planted on woods have now come to fruition, and he really breaks into the mainstream. So he's done the Kanye collabs. There's been this sustained groundswell for for Emma, uh, and this record comes out of debuts at number two on the Billboard album charts. That's very high. Wow, yeah. Sonically, he goes way wider you know, mm-hmm. reflecting that adventurousness that we heard on Blood Bank, Gangs, Volcano Choir, all this other stuff, whatever rubbed off working with Kanye, which I think maybe quite a bit. There are still songs on Bon Iver that harken back to For Emma, like, mm-hmm. for instance, the earlier parts of Holocene. Mm, yeah. Like that could have been on for Emma. Oh yeah. It's a little sharper, but like, as we know, he's had that guitar riff since before Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. Emma and it's just him singing falsetto. But then later in this same song, we get what I think is 
two drum kits panned left and right, two bass guitars wow. also panned left. I, I could be wrong, but that's how I hear it. And a bed of chaotic brass mm-hmm. and woodwinds supporting these layered vocals. So let's hear where that for Emma like intro ends up going. beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah i put wandering brass section as my note for the end but it like that's great that's that's a really apt term for it yeah yeah i know i heard it with my ears (laughs) but no it like breaks down but it's so nice how is how is something like so chaotic so nice justin that is honestly a good question to sort of sum up how does he do it like what he's doing is making something things that are often chaotic, really emotionally resonant and almost gratifying and resolving. They resolve yeah. amidst chaos. It's like maybe the chaos is what lets him get away with being just an 80s soft rock balladeer. <laughs> and maybe yeah. the 80s soft rock balladeering is what lets him get away with the insane experimental sonic chaos that he loves. Dude. I think that I think I believe that. I like that theory. I like it. I like it. I support it. I second it. Going on to these like really stretching out sonically from For Emma, the opening mm-hmm. track Perth utilizes double bass drumming, which is yeah. pretty much only in heavy metal and thrash and hardcore. Like it mm-hmm. is really not the kind of thing you hear in any sort of folk adjacent music. Listen to this. Yeah. Here's a question. You think someone who had listened to For Emma goes, buys self-titled, and then puts this on and presses play and then is like, what's happening? You know, like, did you buy this when it came out? Yeah. And I would say that I was taken aback by, especially on track one, the double kick drum, which I recognize from other genres of music. (laughs) I mean, me too. (laughs) But the first... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you were a metalhead, you would know what I'm you would know what I'm talking about. Well, how do like, you know I'm not a metalhead? <laughs> I, right, happen, I happen to know that. You know, like like metal bands when it's like like that's doubled bass drumming. It's okay. like oh, it's just like you yeah. wanna know something crazy? I have a playlist called the drum thing. Okay. And I think that's what it is. That's, <laughs> like the, that's the, the drum thing the drum of which thing. you're referring. Yes. <laughs> but the first part of Perth, you know, that that's that's very pastoral and kind of more folky. And so I, it didn't feel too jarring to me. Mm. I think, again, like I'd had blood bank, too. So I sort of heard yeah. him stretching those muscles anyway. So it, it didn't shock me. Um mm-hmm. What's your favorite track on this record? 
it might be Minnesota, Wisconsin. That was big for me walking around the streets of Pittsburgh. Neither in Minnesota nor in Wisconsin. You're in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Water's running through the Just walking around that great city of the Three Rivers City. What's it called? Yeah. How do you call it? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, the, the, the Three Rivers City, Pittsburgh. That's, yeah, but I like that he does. He does the deeper voice and kind of the yell, you know, like which mm-hmm. is like so powerful. And the falsetto mixes yeah. it really nicely in that one. But then, to be honest, this time around, Beth Rest got me so good, dude. I thought we would never get there. Here we go. (laughs) So I think that this is the clearest example of the music that he loves the most and the type of songwriting that he would increasingly move toward, Mm -hmm. I think, over the last decade. I think he's continued to go in this direction. Like, I remember thinking, this is the weirdest song on the record. Yeah, I don't know where this, like, 80s clav synth thing. But actually, now looking back, I'm like, oh, that was the clearest indication of kind of where he was heading, especially as a songwriter, like a chords melody songwriter. Yeah. I will put in my first request for Justin that if you do a whole... New album, theoretically, of stuff like this. (laughs) (laughs) But I think when I first heard the song, I actually think I didn't like it. I think I was too young to appreciate. And I was like, this isn't like the other stuff. I'm pretty sure I was probably out here skipping it at that point. But this time I was like, whoa. And also in his merch store, I saw he's selling shorts currently and one leg says Beth and the other says rest (laughs) and I want them so much (laughs) I think you might have to get those yeah oh my gosh yeah let's hear a bit of the song with his with his vocals and and melody in there This song had come out in 1985. (laughs) Would it have been like kind of a hit song? Like maybe not like a big pop single, but like it would have been on a soundtrack of some 85 blockbuster and it would have been like a minor hit, I think. I mean, you would know better than I would having been alive in the 80s at all. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I wonder, it does feel very slow. And there's uh, yeah. the one part where he he gets I don't know how to say it besides somewhat more emotional in his voice like almost vulnerable mm-hmm. that I think I don't know I, I this is pure speculation I don't think that was happening quite in the same way prior to the early aughts I don't know man look at those some of those uh, ex members of Genesis records around this time he also does the now famous I can't make you love me Bonnie Raitt cover. There are two versions of this. I checked with you which one we had to mm-hmm. hear the clip from. So I think I got the right one. 
people talk a lot about this cover. I would say of all the conversations I've had about Bon Iver over the last 10 years, 40% of them or maybe even 50 have mentioned this cover. Dude. Yeah, It's gotten into the public consciousness. Like the YouTube clip that I pulled this from has 55 million views. I mean, and I know you're, you're quite a few of them. You're lifting your beer to signal your participation. <laughs> in that I number. did my part. I did my part. <laughs> you did your part. But like, I think that this is kind of like a skeleton key for understanding where he comes from and what he's trying to do the way that the, the song that he chooses and you can hear little things in his songwriting here. Turn down the lights Turn down the bed Turn down these voices Inside my head Lay down with me Tell me no way. He sounds so comfortable in those waters, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. How I interpret it is that those songs are the music of his youth. And I don't know if that's true. I, I'm not pulling that from, you know, interviews or anything, but like it sounds to me like that is where he feels back in his mother's arms, of whom he's the only one. He's the only one. And of which <laughs> it is enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I hear it. I don't know if that's factually autobiographically true of him, but yeah. I mean, I think if we really wanted to, you could write like a whole fictional series, a little fanfic about uh, Justin Vernon. And I think we've already written half of it in our conversation <laughs> so far. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you, you, see, you see me Googling Boni Verotica, right? Because did you ever read this no wait this is are you from seriously the New Yorker or N O N Y mag no uh i gotta i gotta find it it was i would never type erotica obviously bony verotica <laughs> it was a tumbler what oh that is the also that's the best picture of him because first of all you can't tell he's bald second of all he looks like a weird norwegian like fisherman yeah yeah it's so okay, nice okay so there's <laughs> this is a tumbler that i think is from like a decade ago oh my god i'll just read a clip <laughs> romantic vignettes about life with bony bear stop oh my gosh now i'm not sleeping tonight i am i <laughs> Let me just read up. Let me just read a little bit here. So this is just from the most recent post quote. The bridge is still down and Bon Iver and I are alone together on our little farm. <laughs> Battered by these April storms, we can only venture outside for short frantic excursions to <laughs> To visit the animals snug in their barns to secure a flapping tarp or a swinging gate. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know about this fan fiction. <laughs> I should have got the author of this onto oh, the episode my with us. Yeah, oh my seriously. gosh. Wow, this is nuts. I also love that she goes Bonnie Bear and not Justin Vernon. Straight up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't actually know if it's a... I don't know the gender of the author here. Um, oh, that's true. It could be anyone. I just, you know, my apologies. Assuming out here. 
I busy myself with nurturing seedlings. <laughs> so it's just wow. a, a blog of like, they, they are these little romantic vignettes of living a rural life as a oh, little, of the lover of Bonavere. Um, wow. It's unbelievable. What I think life is like with Justin Vernon, though, as we continue to fictionalize this mm-hmm. actual person. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, what I theorize is that he's like maximum chill level, but like scratches his chin a lot, you know, like throughout the day. And then says like, yeah, yeah no, yeah, like that while he's driving. And then he'll point out something random in Eau Claire and say, oh, that's where Johnny did blah. <laughs> and then he'll put on like an old 80s song in the car and I'll sing along. He'll live his day the same way, whether you were there or not. That's my, uh, that's my theory. Oh, he's kind of an absent-minded artist lover kind of a thing. Yeah, like he'll be like, hey man, like so good to see you. Like he will definitely say that every time and he means it, but he's like so successful and in his groove Uh that I just think he wouldn't, he wouldn't feel the need for any level of like frantic social no- like norms, like niceties, you yeah. know, like, uh-huh. oh, but you know what? I'll know when he gives me my one-on-one concert. So <laughs> I feel like you, number one, I'm not totally sure how comfortable I am with how much you've thought about being in a car with him. <laughs> number two, there's a small but non-zero chance that he hears this and goes, she gets me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, the one thing I don't really know, I think he's dating this one lady who's probably an amazing person Mm -hmm. and probably a granola girl, but it's just unverified. It's unverified. Okay. Unverified by me and, and not by our fact checker either. So we can't know. (laughs) He's uh, non-existent and therefore not helping in that category. (laughs) And, you know, I think you don't really want to know, honestly. I yeah, there's you know possible possible. You haven't. How much effort have you put into confirming or denying the girlfriend? <laughs> Certainly not a lot. Certainly and as yet, little as possible. You've also <laughs> handwritten out six pages of notes for the rest of this conversation. So yeah, okay, I think the point's made. Wait, before we move on to the next yes. album, the one thing I will also add is there's a song on the self-titled album. It's like a, a litmus test. Of if I listen to that song with someone who is a romantic interest mm. and it there's a positive valence, okay. <laughs> then I then I'm like, this person is a person for me. Wow. But I have listened to it. I'm not telling you which song it is, but I've listened to it with people and it's actually had the opposite effect. It's bizarre. I can't explain it, but this is one of my it's one of my things. It's one, one of, of your things. hurdles you require. Uh, would-be suitors to jump through. Yeah, which is, and I don't tell them, and it's a completely arbitrary <laughs> test. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure I'm a fan of this practice. <laughs> I, You know what, it's probably why I'm, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy who wrote it, he would surely pass, he would pass that test. He, he, wouldn't, oh. he wouldn't need to know. I mean, yeah. The next year, 2012, he wins the Grammy for Best New Artist. That's always kind of funny because, of course, he's not a new artist at this point. It's his second record and third if you count Blood Bank. Mm-hmm. But Which he is. really launches into the public consciousness. And then right after that, uh, with a few exceptions, for four years from 2012 to 2016, he takes a break. The exceptions are 
another Volcano Choir record comes out in 2013. Mm -hmm. May have been already working on that the year prior. The Shouting Matches, like a blues rock band with a couple of his childhood friends and maybe college music buddies. They do a record in 2013. It's not the kind of um, rigorous, like difficult artistic expression, you know, of his Bon Iver records, but it's cool. Yeah. And then really it's four years off, 2012 to 2016. That's not, it's nuts, dude. So remember when he was in DeYarmond Edison and he had to separate from his bandmates, take some time, try some new things, work on for Emma, right? He does the same thing. He takes a break and he kind of collects himself. He sort of mm. runs that play again from yeah. six years prior is kind of how I think about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I like this narrative. We're spinning. In interviews, he's talked about that he was dealing with some significant mental health issues, depression, panic attacks. He said something like mostly bad days for at least 18 months Ugh. straight. I mean, that's that's a pretty tough, that's a tough mental health season. Yeah. And anxiety actually almost kept him from finishing the 2016 album, 22 A Million. And the anxiety continued for a year into the release and promotion of that record, including canceling a tour. But he had been working on the record during some travel. He went to Europe for part of that time in and around the panic and depression. He brought this little sampler. It's like a four or $500 instrument called the OP-1 by Teenage Engineering. This is Dan's gear corner, briefly. Mm, and he would, he would take this little thing with him to like hotels. It's just this tiny little keyboard. It's like, you know, smaller than an iPad. And it's kind of a cult object amongst composers and electronic musicians. It's like one of those, you hear like whispers about it. Like, oh yeah, I heard that Bon Iver was working with an OP-1. And to stay briefly here in on Nerd Island, what he seems to have mostly used is the sampling feature, sampling his own voice and then pitching it around and, and doing stuff. I think that you can hear this most clearly in the opening of, of the first track, 22 Over Soon, which sounds like this. And those vocals really kind of hold down yeah. the fort for that entire track, which I absolutely, absolutely love. Oh, dude, I almost just actually started crying right now. 22 well, a million. Don't worry. We're going to spend a lot of time with this record. Woohoo. In 2015, the year before the record comes out, I just want to say they do their first mm -hmm. Eau Claire's music festival. Mm, yeah. With uh, Aaron Dessner from the national, uh, We'll also hear from the Big Red Machine record that they do together. They've done a couple of those mm -hmm. now. But I can't yet move on from Over Soon. This is, I don't know if it's my favorite track, but I just love it. Let's, yeah. hear, a little, let's hear a little bit more of it. So I can speak into the silence. It might be over soon. I just don't even know how to 
think or talk about this music. We're we're getting to this is my favorite record. I'll just say that. I don't oh, know where, okay. where you stand, but this to me is this is it. It's hard to talk about it. Yeah, it is funny. I was actually looking looking up stuff. A lot of people rate this as their last, which I was surprised or or second to last. And yeah, personal history because I don't have a technology corner. Personal history corner. Personal history <laughs> corner. I'm in. I'm in for that. So I was living in Ecuador when this came out, and I thought Bony Bear was like not going to make any more music. I thought we had the two albums, like nice, but whatever. Then we get you know these whiffs of uh singles and whatnot and stuff and like yeah. this other person in the program another crush crushes on crushes let me tell you jeez equally hyped i mean you know you got all this free time yeah um i wasn't on tour with not, a band it's normal so. no, i mean it's I'm, I'm sure it's perfectly normal <laughs> yes well so far i only talked about one he just was the youth group crush that it started my music listening career but we were equally hyped, came out, and I remember uh, listening to Over Soon and kind of being like a little bit like it was almost jarring because I was like, it's going to be over, like almost took it in a pessimistic way, hmm. which is funny. And then read an interview with Justin or something, and he was like actually speaking to the hopeful prospect of something being over soon in terms of like suffering. Right. And I was so stoked. Yeah. On it. And because there was a lot, you know, living in another country, there's a lot of components to that. But yeah, me personally, this album is what actually made me fall in love with Bony Bear. And I used to say it got me through 2016. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Trump and all that, I assume is what you mean. There was a lot in 2016. Let me tell you, there was a lot. So I love that song. Yeah. It's hard to pick a favorite song on this on this record. Yeah. Well, we're going to spend a good chunk of time with it. So it hits number two again on the Billboard charts. It has insane, incredible artwork. Uh, this yes. guy hand drawing all these sort of numerological, various religious symbols from all over the world. Um, just such cool art direction and illustration. What I hear, broadly speaking, with this album is I hear that four year break. I hear someone who is already a musical genius, a, a prodigy, whatever, almost like voice of a generation type. I, I put him that close to things. He's already that good. And then that person took time, experimented, tried 200 things that I would either never have thought to try or I wouldn't have had the patience to try them. But he did. <laughs> and in an interview, he said that it was a really grueling process to find the sound of this album, which to me totally tracks with what I hear, like all the pitched vocals and pitched instruments running a bunch of them through that software or whatever that the mm, Francis mm -hmm. and the lights guy yeah, had built, or yeah. maybe they built it together. You know, it sounds mostly like a vocoder, but um, a good example of this uh, vocal effect that they're using can be heard in the track seven, one, five, creaks mm -hmm. so let's hear that this is what i'm talking about this vocoder like software that he's running vocals and other things like saxophone through this thing toiling with your blood i remember something and being rushing kissing on a night second to last finding both your hands if second sun came past the glass and oh, I know it felt right, I had you in my grave. 
I don't care what anybody says. That's not going to age. It's not going to be dated for me. It's not about auto-tune. There is something else about making a chord with your voice that is playing exactly simultaneous with the melody of your voice. Mm. It's not a gimmick. It is like, it just works and it hits something that I, I don't think is going to age poorly for me. I mean, it's already been six years and I still love it. But even 30 years from now, I think I could be wrong. When you're in your rocker and uh, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> you won't be in a rocker, you'll be on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. How does that song make you feel? That is a really hard question to answer. Wow. It makes me feel, and listeners, I just cut out like 80 seconds of silence <laughs> from the actual recording. I've had to think about this a lot. It makes me feel like vicissitudes, the the swings and depth of human emotional experiences matter. Oh. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Yes, dude. Yes. Like, yes. You know what else I think makes us feel that way is a lot of 80s art, films, and music. It is mm. a very sincere kind of heart-on-sleeve era of popular art, and he's, I think, raised in that milieu. Hmm. Like, do you think, do you think his work is overall, like, kind of free of irony, would you say? I love that question. I, I think so. I think, and maybe that's what I love so much about it. This record, I mean, he's disguising himself literally in almost every way possible, but he's not distancing himself. Hmm. Right? Whoa. Isn't that yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we didn't hear the end of the song, but the even the lyrics, turn around, you're my A-team. My A-team. Dude. Oh. That's what I'm going to play, walking down the aisle. Let's hear it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Let's hear it. Turn around, you're my A-team. Turn around, now you're my A-team. Wow. You might have a little hard time explaining that one to the (laughs) in-laws. If you want to walk down the aisle to goddamn turn around now, you're my (laughs) A-team. Now I want this so much. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing I hear on this record is his just insane use of samples insane in the best way possible. I'm going to try and explain what I think is going on here and how I've never heard anyone do it before. Please. He samples a Jim Ed Brown track called morning. This is what the original song sounds like. Here in this room, this narrow room where life began when we were young, I And then check this out in 33, quote, God, unquote. God is all capitals. So he samples it, but he samples it up faster Mm -hmm. and higher. So it sounds like the aliens from Toy Story. (laughs) That's what I always think when I hear that part. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
for sure. But like that's one usage of like just really interesting sampling. And he's sort of a little bit doing this thing where he's dialoguing with the samples. Um, but where you really hear him do this dialoguing with the samples is zero 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 million. <laughs> okay. That's the song. By the way, my my Google reading back the songs I'm requesting it to sing. I was like, hey Google, play 45. And it was like underscore, 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 <laughs> underscore. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry, what were we gonna say? So this track, like it's just a perfect little piano ballad. It's mostly just a piano and a voice, but then with this completely brilliant, totally unexpected sample of another song dropped into the middle of it. And then he responds sort of melodically like it's a conversation between him and the sample. So listen to this with that, with that frame of mind and see if you hear what I, what's blowing my mind so much. Mm. Worry about rain and I worry about lightning. Nice piano song. Right here. But then he's back. I don't even know how someone thinks to do that. Hmm. Yeah. What, like what he's, he's workshopping a song on the piano and he's like, huh, right there. The fifth line out of six. I think I'll just, that sounds like this other song. <laughs> like what? Like you can't, and you can't just do this by the way. Like, uh, samples have to fit into your tempo and your key. Like it, it doesn't always work, even if you think something might work. The fact that it does, I just, I doff my cap at thee, sir. Do you think, do you think it's like, like, you know, when you've been reading a lot about a topic and then you actually at some point you're like, oh, I have a, I have a working knowledge of this and I can mm -hmm. reference so-and-so's ideas. You know, obviously you're doing, you know, your academic stuff. Do you think he almost has this bank in his head? Or do you think, like, what do you, do you have any uh, insight as what that process would be as as a musician yourself? That is a great question. I think he's operating at a level that I don't have access to, and so it's difficult for me to know how to characterize it. Hmm. You know, it's like I know how to do that. If someone gave me the idea, I could technically perform it. I could write a song where I put a sample in like that. Like I could make it work. But I would never have thought of it. Hmm. And it wouldn't be anywhere near that good if I did it. So it's like he's on that Kanye type plane. I really Do think. I get you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I just think yeah. he's operating at a, you know, artistically at a level that that very few people have access to. That's hmm. that's my honest best guess. What else do you want to say about this record? Well, we we spoke earlier about fuckified. That's on death breast. Okay, which... let, let's find it. Let's find that. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I will just say Apple Music has twenty two a million as the number one essential album for Bon Iver. So oh. that makes me feel a little better. I mean, I think it's great. Fuck you from... Die into love. 
yeah, this is like in probably my top five to ten albums of all time. Dude, it's crazy. I'm freaking it's out so, right now yeah. hearing some of this back. That drum loop is so cool. Okay, what's the noise to before he's like before he says fuck about it's like what how do you even do that? Uh, there's a few ways Uh-oh. you could do it. I mean, you can pitch a synth down or you can have that. I bet it's probably some sort of really processed vocal run through mm. all this stuff. And that's that you can get that kind of organic drop in pitch out of a human voice quite easily. Harder to oh. synthesize it. It could just be like a bass synth and, you know, and I don't know. I, I could listen really close and give a nerdy, uninteresting better guess that nobody would well, want to hear i mean it's just powerful and it's cool it's well it's yeah it's just funny when you don't i don't know like i've never even thought about how you make these sounds you know until right now but it that song gets me stoked like makes me want to run a marathon oh. and take on yeah take on the problems of life but what do you think about all the symbols and stuff that he uses and like the nomenclature. Yeah, I mean, the the numbers thing is a little more opaque to me. I don't really get what he's going for there. I think it's maybe some like sort of symbology and comparative religion mm-hmm. type of nerdy stuff that he got into. Mm-hmm. That doesn't resonate with me as much. But the artwork. Yeah. It's kind of like a it's even like a style of tattoo that I like. You know, it's this mm-hmm. it's this kind of rough hewn, hand drawn, but often geometric, you know, very like like you know, these kind of sacred type symbols. Mm-hmm. And I think most of them are a play on some of those existing ones. Like they're not just like sketches of existing sacred symbols, but he's kind of like using that as a launch pad. I read a long thing with the artist closer to when the record came out. Obviously yeah. the yin the yin yang stuff, that's that's Taoism and whatnot. But yeah, um I love it. I was like looking, okay, which one of these is gonna am I gonna get as a tattoo? <laughs> and I haven't yeah. picked one yet, but I probably will eventually pick one of these symbols to put on my body. Oh, word. Nice. What do you think about it? That it's demonic and you should be careful? Well, that is what I thought initially. I was scared, of course, of the song 666, Upside Down Cross. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Of course, you know, had to process that and go to some counseling. But (laughs) when you look up, so angel numbers, which I'm not trying to be like, let's all believe in angel numbers. No. But they do have, you look it up and it has like meaning. If I look at the first thing. I've looked this up recently because I just was interested. You have various takes on 666, but it's actually more of like a kind of call to tap into your like main purpose or whatever, or to focus yep. on it, refocus. I mean, I know all of these were chosen for a reason. Oh, dude, I was on the Boney Bear Reddit page though. And it was like, you know, you know, Elon Musk's kid is named like X underscore underscore or something like. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. They were like. Elon Musk when he went to name a child and then it had all the title, like the names of the songs on this album. (laughs) 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 Just like hilarious. And then there's a lot of content of like Taylor fans, like Swifties going to like, you know, because we'll get to this. I know, but Justin and Taylor doing the collabs like, oh, maybe I'll scope out Bon Iver stuff. And they listen to like Death Breast and they're like, like what's going on? (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They probably hopefully they wouldn't start there for for everyone's sake, but eventually they could be won over. Yeah, I think the question actually is how many of these will end up as tattoos on me. We'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> Which one's to calling see. to you most? Is, I, I uh... like the two too, and and in fact, mm. I want to play one more clip from from twenty two over soon because yeah. I think it's a good example of the the Bonnie Raitt style. 80s soft rock songwriting from like a chord and melody type of perspective, this kind of emotionally fragile and resonant ballad mm. thing. Tell me if you hear it or if, if all you hear is kind of the, the the technological sort of wizardry and effectiveness of everything, which can overshadow songwriting for a lot of listeners. But for me, that that writing style cuts through here. There I found you Those chords. And then I draw an ear on you. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I do from my knowledge. That is limited, but I think I do. <laughs> like can you you can imagine him going straight from the Bonnie Rate cover into that, but just him in the piano. Mm, yeah, yeah. They're of a piece in terms of what they're doing emotionally with with the chords and the vocal hooks and it's all hooky it's all really catchy peas in a pod perhaps <laughs> this is my emerging theory is that like a lot of what we get from him comes out of something like a childhood soaking in this 80s ballad stuff not the really cheesy stuff like really good songs but just that very hard on sleeve, not ironic, very sincere, mm -hmm. as you were saying. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a note here. I, the thing that's hard with these titles is you can't pull to your brain very quickly all the time what they sound like. Right, but, absolutely. But eight parentheses circle, mm -hmm. I put that that was the most, most like Beth Rest of this album. Let's see if we, let's listen now and see what we think. Yeah. Say nothing of my No, what on earth is left to come? Who's through I'm underneath the tongue. Wow. Just pump it straight into my veins. Or I, I guess put ink on a needle and tattoo it into my skin is more what I'm going to end up saying. Hey, amazing. Yeah, let's do it. I'll decide mine. We'll get, we're going to get twin tattoos. Team tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Big moments happening live. This is, <laughs> this is a development. Before we move on from 2016, he does a really cool track. With Francis and the Lights called Friends. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I, I just freaked you out You think it's the best music video of all time and you sent me a link and I do not agree. It's no, fine. No, it's, it's not the best. It is my favorite. It is. Okay. First of all, it's one take. Which okay, that's, I that's, love There's a that. lot of that in music videos though. That's not, um, you know. But it's so, it's so, because, all right. It's so stupid, 
And yet it's so charming. It's a great song. Yeah. You have Justin Vernon dancing. All right. Francis knows how to dance. Francis, I would also love to meet in person. I'm sure he's a funky dude. But um <laughs> oh, for okay, real. Go, he's please go on. He's up well, he like deleted his Insta. He's just like out there living. He's got his like I, I just know like his essence the way he dances in this thing he does this one moment where he's like feet it's like do, 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 like this quick little like and he's kind of he's very theatrical and then you get next juxtapose him i'll use that word to <laughs> justin vernon <laughs> justin vernon looks like a total doofus it's awesome and then yeah, that's the have, best part of the video for sure yes like you have this guy who looks like he's been classically trained in dance and yeah. then you have justin vernon looking sh- like kind of schlubby like it's kind, kind of his of, look yeah it's his look and i love I it relate don't hard. get me wrong oh, i relate so hard to it <laughs> but his little like he has to like do his little t- shoulder taps uh-huh. the shoulder and then taps. it's like and then it's like kanye is too good to do the dance at all Won't and just even dance. stands there which is kanye's vibe like he isn't gonna do something he doesn't want to do which is stupid and yet, how many times have I watched this music video? I could not tell you. And how many people have I forced to watch this music video? Yeah, that's where it starts <laughs> to get rough. I actually didn't know the track. Um, I, I haven't oh. been up much on Francis and the Lights and, and sort of his his whole career, but I really mm-hmm. like this track. Let's hear Dude, a little bit yeah. of it. That is an incredible track. Fire. Yes. Oh my gosh. So Amazing. good. Yeah. Big convert to that song. Thank you, Kristen. Oh, thank you. Wow. I'm feeling recognized. Nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yes, notes on this song, not that good of a video. <laughs> yeah. That's what I put in the shared doc. <laughs> not in Love all it. caps. Okay. So we're moving on past the 22 a million era mm-hmm. 2018 the first big red machine album featuring approximately 40 collaborators can you say kanye kanye he's picking it up from him and i think that this band is actually the clearest example of what jv ultimately loves best which is collaboration <laughs> Trying out new sounds and approaches, exploring, experimenting, iterating, making stuff. Yes. That's I Won't Run. Mm. Great song. Yeah, dude. I definitely, I was into it when I, uh, well, this is, this was similar. Like, I think around when they got into like the People album too, which was like collaborative or People platform. Mm-hmm. And I was like scoping all this stuff out. And I was like, what? I was like, is this the future of music? Like, I, I remember being like, maybe I need to crack the code. Yeah. Like, I didn't get 
I didn't get why it was a collaboration to the extent it was mm-hmm. when it came out. But now it's just like this is his this is his thing. This song, Forest Green, I think, again, this is my best guess, not having by the way, not to be confused with the track Deep Green. <laughs> uh, dude, I was looking at that. I was like, this is, these are some, what a silly goose move. Some kind but, of yeah. silly, yeah. The song <laughs> Hymnostic sounds like a hymn. Really clever mm-hmm. titling. Anyway, Forest Green has, I think what I'm hearing is three or four bass guitars making these chords. And there's a loop of that. What mm-hmm. the hell? But it totally works. It's sonically so interesting. It's, again, emotionally resonant. This is the thing that he does. So listen to this repeating, the, really, the, it's the instrumental loop underneath the vocals. I was going to give you all of my time, more time, more time. I was going to go and get you more time, more time. I just I it's hard to press stop on these playbacks oh Oh, man truly I had not listened to this song in preparation but I listened to that so much when it came out and I just went back in time it's so simple and yet yeah emotionally resonant jeez dude also I think it's the only time I've ever heard three or four concurrent bass guitars sound good like it's just it's a very hard to do they're not designed to be played in tandem with each other they are hmm. you can have three or four guitars but you only have one bass you don't have multiple basses in fact it's what makes the song big bottom in spinal tap so funny is that the whole <laughs> song is is just basses they're all playing bass which is also a a play on a large bottomed woman. It's all low end. It's all bottom end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna play it. Here so here's here's the sure. all bass music bed of Big Bottom by Spinal Tap. Uh, funky though dude i yeah not not for me (laughs) (laughs) no it's really bad it it works as a parody of like hair metal you know in the 80s basically yeah not to be taken seriously but this one for screen works yeah oh so great so 2019 we get the most recent bonavere full length oh man i i yes you want you want a fact? Should we lead with a fact? That's all I Let's have. Let's hear a fact. Yep. I is the I that is me. And then the second I is the I that is other. It's I thou. It's Martin Buber, right? Dude, he's like, this is straight from an interview I heard with him, but it's like the I that is me and the I that is you. And we're all like here seeing the person and the other feels very, um, you know, oneself as another. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's. That alone didn't get it when I came out. I heard that. I was like, wow, this guy's a prophet. <laughs> I mean, it, it really ties in with the kind of yin yang symmetry on mm. the previous record, right? It's that he's really after something 
in terms of I don't I don't think he's um, like religious from what I read. I don't I don't think he like believes in God, uh, but he is sure as hell very interested in religion. Uh, really, he was a religious studies major, like we heard earlier in that Colbert joke, mm-hmm. and was reading philosophy on his own time before he went to college. So that tells you something. Yeah. And uh, also as an artist, you know, I'm not going to call someone else a seeker that has a lot of really sort of loaded meanings for people, but like he is experimenting in the realm of the aesthetic of the beautiful, of the meaningful, of the existential as I Mm -hmm. hear it. And Mm -hmm. so it's just not surprising to me that he would infuse the music with some those ideas and that imagery. Um, and I'm just like grateful for it. Cause I lean that way as well. And to have somebody kind of taking that stuff seriously and being one of our very best artists is kind of validating. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's fun to be on that journey to some degree, you know, with him vicariously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like even some of my notes is funny. Cause I, put in like, oh, this reminds me of church, which is funny. But he, I mean, yeah, there's so much kind of religiously loaded language, but it's funny to me that he talks about themes of forgiveness, uh, especially maybe like that kind of being Mm. a big thing. And yeah, well, I'm, I'm slower these days to like assign what I think is like religious or not. Cause Mm -hmm. again, like the one word I would put is profound in so much of his music. Yeah. And how can that not help but like live in this religious part of the like psyche, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, Paul Tillich, the theologian of the mid 20th century, you know, talked about God as basically the, whatever the object of our ultimate concern is. Hmm. Right. So kind of grounding it in the level of intensity for the human person rather Mm -hmm. than grounding the definition in sort of the metaphysical reality of God or whatever, as God exists, if God exists, but, but like, yeah, I mean, it's just the profound, the deep, the existential, the spiritual or religious, the sort of ultimate, the absolute questions. And man, he's a good cipher for that stuff for, for whatever reason. Let's hear some clips. Let's start with clips. Let's start with faith because that one does have a kind of churchy vibe and and the name kind of gives it away. Let's hear it. Oh yeah. It was very hard to turn that off. Oh, my So beautiful. Gosh. I think this record is going to grow on me more and it's going to get closer to 22 million. But I need to I need to do another few rounds with it and like let it kind of get fully sunk into me, you know? Mm, yeah. So personal corner. Good. Faith. I, so when I in 2019... I drove across the entire country by myself to move out to Canada um, from Pennsylvania. And I remember like driving through basically like the fields of South Dakota <laughs> listening to this and being like, just like 
yelling, yelling the song and being like, this is this new life that's about to start. And I saw just so hopeful about it. Like that's like, if it's crazy that it's named faith, because if faith is anything, it's this feeling and it's optimistic, but it's challenging you know, yeah. like that's, I mean, the, the phrase time to be brave again, if you're just in this post ironic thing, cause you could take it at face value, like, all right, time to be brave. You know, it's delivered so earnestly. It hits so hard. And like, I was on my own, I'm like driving. I'm like, yes, like, here we go. You know, kind of embracing that. And I feel like it extends Every time I hear it, it extends this opportunity to be more than I am, which might be so cheesy, but it's like, it's there. I can't explain it. No, I love it. That's not so cheesy. Oh, I'm, I have other venues to go further down that rabbit hole with you. So, you know, that'll happen elsewhere, probably on you have permission, but I think there's a lot to be said (laughs) around that. And, um, I'm just not going to let my, I'm not going to let myself go there because it will take us too far afield. Um, Let's hear Hey Ma. This, I think, was mm. one of the singles. Yeah. And this song rips. Tell the story or it goes. Full time, you talk your money up while it's living in a coal mine. Full time to call your ma. Hey Ma, Hey Ma. Tall vote, you know, you mop it up. Well, you wanted it to hold. He is his Ma's only one, Kristen, and it is enough. Yes. <laughs> I love that Mom's making another appearance. It's great. Yo, so good. Love that thread. I, well, that's the one that's like, I was talking on dope. Yeah. <laughs> also a great line in a song addressed to a mother. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mom, I was smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> Which is definitely him. He's definitely doing that. Yeah. Did you listen to this when it came out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was definitely Hey Ma, Faith, and then Emi or I Me. Let's hear it. Which, this is, there's a lot of stuff written about this track. Like, it was a yes. whole process uh, to, to get it finished. It's a little more angular. I tend to really find myself drawn toward the catchiest songs by any is, artist on any project. What is... Uh, can I ask what angular means? <laughs> oh, angular, just like it's it's a little more abrasive you know, a little mm. more um, challenging. It's it's not walking you along with a buttery, silky melody hook to oh, kind of okay. keep you warm at night, you know? Uh, let's yeah. hear it, though. But on a bread morning, I'm with it. I stood a little while with it. Man, you have to know, know the way it Oh man, how am I not listening to that all the time? That's gorgeous. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that one's okay. All soaring right. to the top. There we go. <laughs> it's soaring to the top. It's it's getting some priority here. Um, Dude, yeah. I also want to hear you, parentheses, man-like, end parentheses. Yeah. I love the female group vocals mm, uh, mm-hmm. in it's probably the second or third verse. I'm gonna I'm gonna play that as part of the clip. For sure. Well, I know that we set off for a 
channeling CeeLo Green in that vocal performance, I feel like. Dude, so that's Bruce Hornsby. That's the song that he's on. He's in it. The he the singer there oh, was Bruce. I, I was it. like, I, I'm glad we ran <laughs> into that. Because I needed to hear it to remember. You needed to yeah. call back. You needed to get you needed that to uh, connect back to the earlier part. Yeah. Which isn't that crazy? So nuts. Yeah. yeah. I no, it's really nice. I put two in my notes. Reminds me of church because it does, and being in yeah. choir, obviously. <laughs> but in like a, I don't know, yeah, different way, like decontextualizing it for me. Yeah, Bruce Hornsby. I don't know much about him, but I did know he was on this song. Same. There's a really yeah. cool interview that he does with uh, Apple Music's Zane Lowe around the release of this album oh, okay. that I watched, uh, or at least watched a good chunk of. And he talks about like the equalizing effect of those brutal Wisconsin winters, mm. sort of <laughs> reducing people's competitiveness. And love that. I love that. I think he's got, like I said, he's got such a sense of place and he's like, no, there's something good about staying in this place that I'm from and not migrating to the coast or whatever. You yeah. know, he talks in that interview about wanting II the record to come out at the end of August so people could listen to it in the fall because oh he has all gosh. these albums he remembers that really imprinted on him uh, as fall albums. That's like, so so amazing. And I and I like how that's even got a Midwest thing because you really would want to have strong seasons. Mm -hmm. You you had strong seasons in Pittsburgh, very similar. Oh yeah. Um, but I, we didn't get that in California. So I don't like, I have some summer albums, but I don't have a lot of fall, <laughs> winter, spring albums. You know, yeah. there's like, Oh, it's summer. It's hot. Everybody's hanging out party mm -hmm. albums or whatever. But that's a cool thing where, where you're raised and even just the, the, seasons and how you experience those will affect how you process and remember and associate your life with music. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, that. even, even when I was texting people about this, like just kind of getting random input, someone was like, someone straight up was like, uh, winter is coming. I'm definitely listening to Boney Bear. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Which is funny. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I mean, for me, like, you you know, you can talk about weather seasons and I would say that happens to kind of be a reality. But also, as I've mentioned in my personal corner, yeah, life seasons, life seasons have been huge in terms of these releases and kind of like times where I like dove into some stuff. So, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know if I really said this, but Rewind to Volcano Choir, I got into that in, in Philly when I was living there. So I was like... Philly was Volcano Choir and DeYardman Edison. Pittsburgh was like certain tracks like, yeah, Minnesota, Wisconsin and stuff like that. But yeah, one other thing about this album, the song Holy Fields, which not one of my favorite, don't love it. Mm -hmm. But there's a fantastic song exploder with like Justin Vernon about yeah. this song. Oh, I'll need and to listen I was, to that. Yeah. Oh, he like cries in it, which I, Whoa. of course... 
It made you love I him was, all the more. I, yeah. There's only <laughs> one thing in all these interviews, all this research I've done, all my knowledge of him through the years, only one thing I don't like. And it's that he said mature as mature. Interesting. <laughs> That's it. That's his only flaw. And everyone gets one flaw. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, you know, you can't, you can't be perfect. Like, no, like for instance, this entry in Bonavere Erotica yesterday, it snowed, but Bonavere was as happy as a spring lamb in his rocking chair with his, st- <laughs> wait, wait for this, with his stack of seed catalogs <laughs> and a big oh. jar of apple tea. <laughs> seed catalogs flanks oh whomped upon the old house the wet unproductive stuff that bends trees but hardly whitens the pastures inside Bonifer hummed and rocked and lick, licked at the end of his pencil filling in the order sheet for sweet peas and heirloom tomatoes berries and corn I love that they, I love that he or she does not call him Justin, but calls no. him Bonifer. That's that makes it so much funnier. Oh my god. See, gosh. this is the, the spin-off, the spin-off, spin-off podcast I want to hear from you is you just reading all of these stories written by mystery person. <laughs> okay. I just I can't uh I can't resist the gravitational pull of that. It's so, so funny. That is hilarious. So brilliant. So there's like just a few more little items sort of in the chronology that gets us up to today. And then we'll, we'll talk a little few themes and, and stuff and kind of wrap up. But in 2020, he releases a couple singles. I'll play a clip mm-hmm. of one of them. This is a U a T C or as the artwork would have us realize <laughs> ate up all their cake. <laughs> what a weird title. Unlike Cry by Gangs, this sounds to me like the whole thing is sped up. It might be, or they might have just sped up the vocals or something and the instruments might not, you know, they could, there's all kinds of things you can do to kind of affect vocals, but, but those are definitely have a sped up effect. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's very out there sort of sonically, but also full of vocal melodic hooks, which is what I love about him. Yeah. Did you also happen to live, listen to please don't live in fear? What's that from? Similar, like similar releases ate up all their cake. It was yeah, like, let's hear it. Oh yeah. It's the other one. PDLIF. Sorry. I only knew it by its <laughs> oh, acronym right. name. Oh, of course. Silly me. <laughs> let's hear that. This is PDLIF or please don't live in fear. Yeah. And very uh, 2020 appropriate, you know. Hey, he's speaking to the times as he sees them. Woo woo. You know, he's uh, 
He's looking outside the window and he says, winter makes us forget, he says. Baby, the joy of spring is rediscovering a warmth you've come to believe you'd never feel again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Um, so then he and Aaron Desner, so they got Euclair's going, uh, the festival, you got all this stuff going on. And at one of those, they essentially convene a boy band style, the band Bonnie Light Horseman, uh, who in 2020 okay. released their first album, which rules. Here is The Roving from that record. shit left and right you know yeah i like it so he also gets two taylor swift features in 2020 both covid albums i'm just gonna play one this is exile featuring bonavere from folklore this is the best part of the track i think And then in 2021, he does another song for a soundtrack. Did you want to say something about that song? I know I keep referencing music videos. If you're not a music video person, then just ignore it. But there's a great live recording of Taylor and Justin and Aaron is there. Yeah. Justin Vernon is wearing a mask up to his eyelashes and a hat down over his eyebrows. So all you can see is like this. Yeah. And he looks crazy because he's like singing into the mic and you can't see his face at all. And then Taylor's like sitting on this couch, just not wearing any masks or anything at all. And it's so funny and still so good. It's not a fault. Of course. It's just funny. Yeah. We're not faulting him. We don't In 2021, he does another soundtrack song. By the way, there's like a, a Twilight song in there, too. I didn't I didn't play all of them, but he's just done a lot of oh, these soundtracks. Roslyn is good, though. That one's worth checking it out. It is. Yep. Check that one out on your own time, listeners. Yes. Uh, Second Nature, the track from the Don't Look Up Adam McKay film soundtrack. Dude. This song rules. It's um, incredible. Yes. Amazing. I heard it when... It was in the end, at the end of the movie. I was like, this is Justin Vernon. And I was like, what? And it was so perfect. Yeah. Actually, I haven't seen it. I feel like it got enough, mixed enough reviews that I just haven't prioritized it. But I, I think it's actually kind of a cool song that it happens to be the last thing that he has released. Because at the moment we happen to be recording, I really think this track kind of sums up his whole career in a way like it's got mm. that acoustic guitar bed of his early stuff but then also the relentless use of pitched vocals and all these samples and stuff and big beautiful instrumental layers like he likes to do ever since the self-titled record um and let, let's hear let's hear a clip of this and then yeah. we'll talk about it a little bit more we will see you next time 
Okay, isn't that too hopeful for the ending of a movie about how we're destined to destroy our planet and species via climate change? <laughs> okay, well, or does it end up working? I mean, you've seen it. Did so it work? I, I actually, it's funny. I watched that movie. I essentially watched it twice in a row. I <laughs> really liked it. I Glenn made my whole punishment. family watch. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I made my whole family watch it with me after I watched it alone. Uh-huh. I. I know there's mixed feedback, but I thought it was I thought it was well done in what Sweet. it was trying to do, which is being a uh, what is it? Not a parody, a um, satire. Thank you. Satire. satire. There's the word. Yes. yes. And okay, so can I spoil some stuff about for a Don't Look Up? Watch this? <laughs> yes. If it's important to understanding what we love about Justin Vernon, yes, please. Are, are you going to watch this movie? Uh, I might. I've, I've seen most of McKay's movies. I'm, I'm telling I'll you, watch I'm it. recommending okay. it. I'm recommending that, that, it. All that right. moves the needle. So maybe don't spoil anything because I think I'm, I'm likely say, to see I'm it. Not, I shouldn't spoil it. There's a lot that happens. I think I can't actually listen to that song without thinking about the end yeah. of the movie. I was quite emotionally affected. Mm. There's a, Oh, actually, you absolutely need to watch at least the last 20 minutes, even just for reference. And then I need to talk to you about something <laughs> that happens there that will pertain to your counseling practice. Oh, okay. Good to know. That's how I, wow. that's how I really moved the needle. Yeah, I I thought it was great, but I think the song was perfectly placed for satire. And it was, yeah, and it's kind of, it's a little cheeky, some of the visuals they have while it's playing. So, yeah, but I was shocked. I didn't know he had done anything for that. And I was like, what? I was like, I know this voice. Yeah. So. Well, that's all I've got for the chronology. Let's let's talk uh, takeaways. Are there, is there anything on pages one through six? That we didn't hit of your notes that you think is like, well, we should talk about this. It's really good or really funny Man. or something. Well, I I will. I'll do one extra confession. I put a lot of lyrics down, which I realized I, that takes I up a lot of space. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> <It's a lot laughs> of space. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that's how you got to full handwritten pages because lyrics. That's you it's know that's true. There's line breaks. You know, it just takes up real estate. <laughs> it's absolutely embarrassing, but. When I left Ecuador, that one crush I mentioned, I've only mentioned two crushes really. So let's just okay. keep that in so mind. Is, there's just multiple crush. stories, same guy. So this is number two. <laughs> so number two, I, when I left, I'm like 24. I probably was not, you know, I could have known better, but right. I made like this goodbye book for this guy, which is so, he was American too. He wasn't like Ecuadorian. Yeah. And I was like writing lyrics on little piece, bony bear lyrics only exclusively because oh that was gosh. how we bonded on these little pieces of paper and putting them in this like goodbye book <laughs> oh my god so there's like these moments where i hear a song and then i'm like oh i wrote that down <laughs> i'm like uh, i'm still in contact with this he's probably gonna freaking listen to this which is even worse and then there was my one there's yeah a lot of people all i have to say is a lot of people are like ready to come and enjoy this music again and again. Like I put out, I put out, I don't even do this, but I put out that survey on Instagram. Like what's your favorite Bon Iver lyric just for kicks. I got so many comments. So many people were like right there, you know, and like moments and stuff. And like people, I was texting a few people that I know are fans. Like people are ready with their opinions. Cause it's, I think it just does resonate and has impacted so many people. The bald thing totally. came out. <laughs> Yeah, he just is like, he's just like not going to shave it off. And he's okay with like it being very clearly 
a last gasp. And, I, you know, I respect it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he has enough money to do, like, the hair transplant. He's not doing that, so. I love that he's not doing that. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. He does wear hats more often now in some of these photos. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I'm I, into it. I, I, I do respect it. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny looking, like, I was looking, you know, at different photos that were coming up, even on, like, YouTube videos and stuff of the earlier albums. And I'm like, oh, man, he looks so young, you know. Mm-hmm. Still a little sh- like schlubby, which is fine. No hate. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah. man, I wish I knew this. Like, I just wish we could have hung out, you know, which is why I have to believe in heaven. But that's another story. <laughs> that's also for another. That's also for another episode, maybe another <laughs> show. I I like that I came up with a couple new I like sort of ways of understanding his career. Like mm-hmm. as we talked tonight, you know, the the sort of mom connections, the I think that that sincere ballad pop stuff is is coming out of his childhood and is the in the way that the beach boys are a connecting thread for me through so much of the music that i've liked and written and come out of my mm-hmm. childhood that's just what i'm guessing i would love to have that confirmed if somebody knows or has read this in an interview or something please send me a link pretty good vibrations podcast at gmail.com i'll appreciate it very much so i mean I, you know uh, rather than rehashing our conversation, if you're ready, I, I, I'd like to end uh, just with one more romantic memory of my time in the cabin with Bon Iver. Um, are we ready for it? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Kristen, thank you. You've been an excellent guest. Very fun to hang out with for this. Quote, we're folded up like a prayer on the sofa. Fast drops of winter rain assail the window so loud they drown out the smoky soul record Bon Bonavere chose to charm me. Outside, a crack lights the sky and we jump. We've both seen the shadow dart past the maverick barn. Marigold's out, Bonavere says. His breath is short from the kissing. He throws... (laughs) Also, I picked this one because it involves his mom. He throws on the green frost-line rain jacket his mother sewed for him. Shorten the sleeves, but he loves it. And makes for the door comes back to press his cheek to mine, his wide eyes reflecting the coruscating lightning. Coruscating? That took me out of it. Sorry. Baby, when I return, the wind roars. I'll need you to warm me up. And he slacks into my arms like a sweet pea vine in summer sun. I rub my nose into his hair. He squeezes me one last time, and he lurches out in the gale to save the pony. <laughs> yes. And oh. scene. And scene.